1990, while Patrick Swayze was phantomly fondling Demi Moore, and Kevin Costner danced with canines, a cult hit was being born. And I don't just mean the gesture of junk. A film of eternal love and exploding crack whores, lawnmower mishaps, and super drugs. The film that could only be known as Frankenhooker. Welcome to the purveyors of fine filth. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another wonderful episode of Purveyors of Fine Filth. We're your refuse royalty. I am the positively divine trash queen, Faye Wild. Not to be confused with actual divine. Yes. But that would be wonderful. It would. And then I would be John Waters. I'm not fabulous enough. Um, I'm your <laughs> jester of junk, Tyler. And... So we had a <laughs> a great movie today called Frankenhooker. We had a movie today. <laughs> we'll get into judgments at the end. That's what's on the chopping block today. Do you have the production info? I have some of the production info, but first I feel we need to start with the two contrasting <laughs> views that sum up this wonderful piece of art. Yeah, I love that. Let's start with America's favorite prick, Bill Murray. <laughs> if you see one movie this year, it should be Frankenhooker. Yeah. Versus, as recalled by the director, Frank Henenlotter, the production company's secretary, received a call from the MPAA. Yes. Congratulations, you're the first film rated S. And she said, S for, for sex? And they said, no. S for shit. <laughs> yeah, so this, I love that. I absolutely love that because we've already talked about this. I'm a huge fan of Lloyd Kaufman and trauma in general. Yeah, that's the thing I forgot. I forgot yeah. it was a trauma release. And I did too until the opening started. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> And for those of you out there who don't know, Troma is a wonderful production and releasing company that specializes in <laughs> non-mainstream film. <laughs> New York, New Jersey. Specifically, New Jersey movies. <laughs> That's Tromaville, actually. It's yeah. just New Jersey. That makes sense. And um, Toxic waste. They actually found some great things. Like, I was just telling Mary about this. Cannibal the Musical. Oh, yeah. No, they... Lloyd Kaufman is... He, he's a purveyor of fine filth. <laughs> he is a purveyor of fine filth. Fuck, I would love to be able to get him on this. Should we uh, talk synopsis showdown? Yeah, so you already mentioned the director, and we talked about Troma. Troma, directed by Frank Henenlotter, written by Frank Henenlotter, <laughs> and which we will get into, and Robert Martin, yes. produced by James Glickenhaus, Shapiro Glickenhaus Entertainment. Yeah, and who also specialize in making schlock. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically sexploitation movies. Sexploitation <laughs> and New York City sexploitation. Yes. Also, uh, old Times Square. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. 
I guess that is a good synopsis of this movie, Old Times Square. Oh, I have a specific synopsis. So let's, why don't we get into our synopsis cool. showdown? Why don't you, uh... <gasps> I get to start? Yes. Wow, you actually let me start this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I interrupt and take the reins. That's okay. So I had a very specific thought once it got into a specific part of the movie, but literally this movie is just the war on drugs, trauma edition. <laughs> Reagan would be proud. He would be. <laughs> Actually, Nancy Reagan would have been proud. Yeah, don't get me started on the best head in Hollywood, pal. <laughs> So, Faye, what did you think? What What do you think the synopsis is? It's very simple and very alliterative. <laughs> alliterative? <laughs> Love, lust, lightning, and lawnmowers. Wow, that's actually, I love that. I absolutely love that. Since we haven't talked about it, but I forgot to mention, did you see what the, the tagline for the movie is? No. <laughs> I, I know the quote and what the talking video boxes would say. Want a date? Oh, no, that is that is not it. I figured. Yeah, it's a love story of sluts and bolts. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, art. <laughs> That's the kind of movie we're talking about today, yeah. guys. And now, did uh, people with better sense than us, how would they describe the movie, Mary? Yeah, Virgin. Let's go into the voice of the Virgin. Yeah, Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all mule. Y'all. Idiot, virgin. Idiot. Yeah, that's about all I heard. It was pretty funny. According to imdb.com, our be all and end all, the storyline for Frankenhooker, a medical school dropout loses his fiance in a tragic lawnmower incident and decides to bring her back. Unfortunately, he was only able to save her head. So he goes to the red light district in the city and lures prostitutes into a hotel room so he can get parts for his girlfriend. Yeah, that's a great way of putting what this is. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to mention really quick. I love that he kept mentioning he was from Jersey. Yes. <laughs> Because it's just over the bridge and to the left. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Dr. Jersey Boy, MD, coming to NBC this fall. <laughs> okay, so Mary, what what were your thoughts of this? Oh boy, you two. All right. On the scale of Bill Murray to uh, MPAA, where do you land? <laughs> Good God, that's a scale. Are you on the scale? <laughs> I'm not going to make that joke. Anyway, my thoughts as your virgin, completely, absolutely ridiculous. Re-goddamn-diculous. <laughs> uh, what the fuck is with the at-home lobotomy? Could we? I know you two are going to get into that. <laughs> it made me think of the incredible Burt Wonderstone. Head of my time, like Jim Carrey just grabbing onto this drill bit in the yeah. He was just doing a magic trick, <laughs> a magic trick that did not bode well. I could not get past that. The electrobiologist who keeps wearing mechanics coveralls. What? He worked at an electric factory or an electric place. Yeah, a power but, plant. Power plant. That's, that's what they're yeah, called. Yeah, the electric place. You know, the electric <laughs> store. And the electric store? Technically, he worked for New Jersey Electric, and the specific title is bioelectric technician. Thank you, you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Because a power plant would have that. <laughs> 
Well, that's what he calls himself. Yeah, cause... that's true. But the idea that he just wears these mechanics coveralls the whole time, and then he wears the one outfit to dinner where he's feeding wine to his dead girlfriend's head at the table. Ridiculous. You mean eating Italian? We, we, we will get into that. We will. <laughs> On a note of the production value, I did appreciate that during our pivotal moment, all of the hookers became mannequins for some reason. This was delightful. <laughs> Loved the fact that we got to blow them up, which the two of you will talk about. Thank God, though, that they were mannequins blowing up because when the movie started, I did not know that it was a trauma movie and I about noped the fuck out of that situation because <laughs> I was about to think that we were on the level of Poultrygeist, so I didn't really know what we were getting into, so I was very, very nervous going in. But my final thought of this movie, the fat shame right in the beginning with a thin girl eating pretzels. Come on. I am not, I'm not about it. Yeah, she's too fat because she's wearing a sweater and we put two pillows on her <laughs> hips. <laughs> Which I didn't notice until I was reading the trivia for it. But yeah, they totally made her fatter because, you know, she was a penthouse mm -hmm. pet. So they had to make her look, or that she had a transformation. Which I get, but if you're going to do that and you have Gabe Bartalis? <laughs> do something better than a sweater and... Yeah, she's fat, but also her face is just the face of a penthouse. Yeah, so, okay. Let's get into the, the meat of this. Well, Mary, honey, sweetie. Let us tell you why you're fucking wrong. So it opens with a man touching a brain in a jar. <laughs> Second movie in a row that features a brain in an open jar connected yeah. to 90s electrical equipment. Which, how, how in the fuck did we <laughs> happen to do that without even planning it? It's, it's just wild. brain in a jar month. Yeah, I guess so. We could call it that. <laughs> So the thing that bothered me about that, aside from anything else, just the fact that everyone was completely nonchalant. I know. Everybody takes it <laughs> in stride. That nobody's wondering why an electrical technician has a person's brain with a fucking eyeball in a jar. Like, I have so many questions on where the fuck he got that. <laughs> and the fact that not only are they cool with it, they're like, oh, he's being a little weird at the birthday party. It's endearing. It's endearing. <laughs> but also, I need to make my coleslaw right next to the brain, <laughs> connected to a bunch of electrical equipment. Also, I'm making my coleslaw during the fucking party. Yeah. Come on, get on your shit, woman. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the things, the hills that you die on. <laughs> I love it. That happens. Yeah. They, they, they're having a birthday. They mention that they're young fiancés. Mm -hmm. And what's the present uh, that they give her dad for his birthday? So Jeffrey, yes. our bioelectrical technician, has gone ahead and made a remote control lawnmower. Yes. Which, for cool some present. fucking reason. <laughs> I get it. I get it. It's a cool present. My big takeaway during the scene is, one, the actress playing Elizabeth Shelley. Yes. Ha ha. 
ha ha. Jeffrey uh, Franken, Elizabeth Shelley. Did Mary not know that? Well, they they barely mention that kind yeah, of stuff. That's fair. Yeah. But, so there's a lot of references to Frankenstein um, because they're clever. <laughs> yeah. They're as clever as me. I will say, I really appreciate the lady who plays Elizabeth, Patty Mullen. I find her very charming, very cute. She has a lot of fun in this movie. And Elizabeth, the character, seems very charming, very sweet, takes things in stride. Yeah, for when the somebody, two seconds that we see her. <laughs> yeah, when somebody, you know, comes up, oh, is there a problem with the party? Same old thing, Jeffrey's too weird and I'm too fat. <laughs> you're not fat, you're just eating a pretzel. Your mom's a bitch. But she's really cute, she's really sweet. Oh, Dad, look at this cool gift me and my fiancé got you. I'm going to stand in front of it and turn it on yeah. as people are telling me, move, no, stop standing in front of it. <laughs> Including Jeffrey. Yeah. who Who's the one who made it. That's yeah. the thing. He, he made the thing that completely mulches her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it mulches her into our title sequence. <laughs> yes. Which I was getting some serious reanimator vibes. Bright neon titles, medical things being you know, shown over it, a yeah. synthy kind of classical score. I will say in this movie's defense, it wasn't just the psycho score. <laughs> Unlike Reanimator. God yes. bless Reanimator. What's funny is I didn't, I can't remember if the director said that it's supposed to be or if it was just like a trivia thing. It definitely is a parody of Reanimator. Yeah. <laughs> Which like, was yeah. just hey. I'm H.P. Lovecraft. I'm a racist. I'm going to write Frankenstein (laughs) for money, but I'm going to make it atheist Frankenstein. Yeah. And then someone in the 80s is going to take it and make a way fucking violent movie out of it. They're going to make it good after somebody (laughs) telling them, no, don't try and do this as a stage play. You creepy weirdo. Yeah. I love Stuart Gordon. That's who it was. I was going to say, is it Mick Garris? No, no, it's Stuart Gordon. No, it's good. It's yes. not Mick Garris. <laughs> hey, he wrote Hocus Pocus. Okay, he wrote Hocus Pocus, <laughs> and he seems like a lovely gentleman. Everybody, Just stop making things. <laughs> yeah. Like, all these horror directors and horror icons are like, oh, you know who's great? Mick. He seems like the sweetest, kindest man. He just can't make a fucking movie. No, not at all. But <laughs> let's talk about somebody who I think you'll argue can make a movie. <laughs> Frank Henenlotter. Yeah. And he the... made a movie. Technically, he made three basket cases, too. <laughs> yeah. Again, that's where he got his start. Yes. Sleazy Times Square exploitation movie. Sexploitation. Sexploitation. Mm-hmm about a fucking conjoined twins who are killing the doctors who separated them. One of them is 70s man with Fro who looks charming. The other is a really bad lump of latex and clay. We'll Speaking have to watch of which, that, movie. That, that kind of plays in here too. Mm-hmm. Kind of. I mean, yeah. they were making the sequel at the same time. That's true. Yep, this was. So, yeah, a couple of fun facts. This cost $1.5 million to make. That kind of surprised me. Yeah. Especially for the kinds of films now that are made for a million dollars. No, okay. If so we, this would have been a lot less expensive. Yeah, I was about to say, if we're talking how movies are made now, one, we don't have to 
factor in the cost of film, movies are either the entire GDP of some countries because they're paying (laughs) entire countries to do the CGI effects to make Chris Pratt look like an action hero, or they're fucking asylum movies. Oh, fucking asylum. (laughs) Uh, I don't think we can even stoop that low. Oh, I think we will one day. No, we're not going to watch Transmorphers. No. Insurgents in Disguise. Transgenders, robots <laughs> in disguise. Um, so we go from our reanimator-esque yeah. opening into Jeffrey, who's been moping around since the sad death of his fiance. Oh, God. Live by the lawnmower, die by the lawnmower. And, and her head that he's keeping alive. Yeah, because as he's working on his plans to electrically make a Frankenstein monster to resurrect his dear love yeah. interest. He gets sad, goes to his copy of Grey's Anatomy, opens <laughs> it, pulls out a VHS labeled Elizabeth, puts it in. And Ty, would you care to tell us about the very sincere <laughs> and loving newscast? Eight News Alive, which that's Whoa. hysterical. Did you notice that? I, I heard them say eight something and i didn't quite yeah catch so that it. that's the name of the newscast is eight news alive which fucking hysterical that's a great joke in and of, mm-hmm. in and of itself but the newscaster <laughs> has a great analogy for what happened and so she's talking about it being a, a lawnmower accident that happens she says that it's like a salad went through a mulcher mm-hmm. and the salad's name was it's elizabeth, elizabeth. <laughs> She has some great <laughs> lines. I can't remember the context. Again, weirdly fat shaming of a stick thin penthouse. I lady. think they were laying it on thick. I think so, yeah. So the transformation is yeah. more apparent. Calling which... her girthful in the thing and Fuck, I'd missed all of that. <laughs> my favorite part of the newscast is that sent. Her personality raining down on the party goers. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm so glad that you wrote all of that down. I wrote some things down. Oh, which that's the best. Also, looking at my notes, I forgot to mention the fact of before he grabs a VHS tape. <laughs> yeah. As he's working on his how do I make this work, just the science things he's saying to prove he knows what he's going on. There are such lines of that way I can turn her off. and <laughs> no. E equals MC squared. <laughs> so, yeah, so can we mention the fact that what he's working on is an anatomy layout, but with an engineering diagram on it? Yes. He is legitimately <laughs> like, how do I uh, put the... Oh, yeah, there are titties. Oh, yeah, with with giant tits and then just a picture of her uh, face slapped on the I top will say, of it. Because after he watches it, there's... A weirdly kind of touching scene between him and his mom as it's him in this room. You mean, you want a sandwich? <laughs> yes. I mean, that's the that's the end of it. But I will say, I love some of the set design and, like, little background things are doing. So, 
I that is actually a thing that I noticed. For a low budget trauma movie, this is surprisingly well like crafted. Mm-hmm. The lighting like, is pretty good. The production we'll, design's pretty good. We'll get into the mad science lab later. Oh yeah. But like <laughs> obviously somebody's been stealing the body parts after the thing. It's obviously our hero. Yeah. They went missing. <laughs> yeah. But What's hilarious is, so on his engineering anatomy diagram, there's a picture of her head, and it just, like, looks like her sleeping. And then I notice, like, there are a few, like, framed photos in the background of his room that are the head. So I think, like, he took a photo of the head. And no one noticed. (laughs) They're probably like, ah, you know, that's They're also taking it in stride, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, everybody's fucking oblivious to what's going on. Like, this is where I really, like, oh, they're fucking taking it in stride because his mom, like, goes over to his brain in a jar that's now in a fish tank and, like, (laughs) oh, it's, like, moving around and looking more. That's great. And I do think it's a weirdly kind of touching scene for a movie of this. It's his mom talking, like, look, I understand you're grieving, but you have to get back out there you have to go on you can't let this consume you and he's you know trying to kind of take it in stride i need to quit saying that yeah a surprising amount of sincerity for this film Uh uh-huh and he kind of tells her like yeah i'm not doing great a line he says is i'm becoming dangerously amoral miss that yeah but by this point He's narrating every single fucking thing that he's thinking. Yeah. So the man's fucking deranged already. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it ends with her being like, well, after he gives the speech of like, I'm afraid I'm becoming something bad. Do do you want a sandwich? You want a sandwich? (laughs) And then she tells him like, do me a favor. Don't stay up all night. It's like, okay, sure. Whatever. Then he goes into his mad science lab, which just a bunch of electrical engineering things. Yeah. A freezer that will become important with some things super glued on it. Hot glued. Hot glued. Oh, it had to have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a huge, like, <laughs> turbine fan in the background. A container of something labeled radioactive. I love that set. Yeah, what <laughs> I actually wrote down a great note for this. Bubbling means science. <laughs> it does. Just like E equals MC squared does. Yeah. They intentionally made sure the set for the mad science lab in his garage oh yeah four times bigger than his garage could be on exteriors. They even like it was planned in the script. Like, Mm -hmm. it was written in there that it's supposed to be comically large. (laughs) Yeah. Compared to the very, very small garage that he walks into. Yeah. Because he tells his mom, like, no, I don't need a sandwich. I'm going to have dinner. Yeah. So he goes out, gets his fiance's (laughs) severed head. Uh, Note that does become important later. The purple bubbling stuff in the freezer that's yeah. essentially keeping the body parts alive and so that he can science them together. It's made importantly clear. It is estrogen-based. Yeah. It's a blood serum made from blood estrogen. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't hear the blood serum. Yes. That is literally what he calls it. Yep. <laughs> it's uh, also, 
it's the same thing, or it looks like the same thing that the brain's in. That's what I was noticing. So too. it's a lady brain. <laughs> did you just assume that brain's gender? I did. Because <laughs> it told me that. Um, <laughs> good catch. So he pulls out the head, and it's obvious this man's fucking deranged. And he's like, well, hey, how do you feel about Italian?" <laughs> and in this, that means I'm going to have a cloakture. Yeah, it's a wonderfully or set whatever up, it's called. kind of fancy. He has wine, he has candles, the serving thing. Yeah, it's a cloaker. I can't, it's something French. Yeah. But when you open it, or when he opens it, yeah. pizza. French. Fancy. Not just pizza. Cheese the pizza. Gre- <laughs> the greasiest <laughs> Most New York slice you can imagine. Yeah. It it's <laughs> it's a Times Square special. Yeah, and this is after, and it's not an instant pull off of this joke. It's some setup and him talking to the head and like yeah. we're gonna have fun. They we're... ease you into it. He has a poetry reading, which isn't good. No, it's absolutely batshit crazy. Uh huh. <laughs> He, there's a great gag where he uh, takes some wine and feeds it to the head and you just, this kind of not great (laughs) rubber head and he just kind of tips the glass and like, oh yeah, drink it up. You're you're doing good. And then, yeah, just the wine seeps out of the neck hole. Yeah, that was a great touch that I loved. (laughs) And then he's like, okay, we need to make a body for you. So what do we do? We're going to talk about how to make a body. Yes, because it is a one-man show with a bunch of other people. (laughs) And so what he does is he talks about the entire thing. He goes through all of the different options that he has, and then he's like... There's a ticking clock, I feel we should point out. What ticking clock? There is a lightning storm coming in two days. He has to think quickly. So what he does to think quickly, I'm glad that you said that is he gives himself a personal lobotomy with a power drill. As you do. As you do, but he does it in the weirdest spot because your frontal lobe is, you know, in the front. That's why it's called a lobotomy. Yeah. And he does it in the back of his head so you can hide the drill bit that's not going into his head. Yeah, I was about to say, it's a simple it's a simple effect, but they sell it well enough. It's him putting the drill yeah. behind his head, not even hitting the button, just play the sound effect yeah but the thing they do to sell the effect is a close-up of drill going into a piece <laughs> yeah. of silicone with yeah the wig on it was fantastic they actually did a pretty good job there yeah. i i was surprised by that and so he comes up with this wonderful idea after drilling his head twice mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that i'm you know what i'm going to get a woman who's immoral already <laughs> That I can buy. <laughs> Specifically, well, how do I get female body parts? I know where I can buy female body parts. Yes. Technically, Tribeca. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to get specific. <laughs> and how is he going to do it? I do have my Christmas Club account. <laughs> dumb tis. Also, have to throw out a quick shout out. The weather cast he is watching is famed classic horror host of yes. the golden age of television, Zachary. And, you know, 
making quacks and comments about, like, oh, it's going to be a big storm, perfect for all you mad scientists out there. See, and the funny, Mary was like, what the fuck are they talking about? And I was like, you have to think of it this way. Not only is it a great nod to that actor, Mm -hmm. but it's him going crazy. I mean, I hate saying that word, obviously, but that's the only way I can describe it. Because he's slipping into madness. Yeah, like there's another thing he watches on the thing later (laughs) that the thing on the tv later (laughs) that it shows you know oh the horrors of the life of these prostitutes and it's elizabeth getting shaken down oh yeah yeah and it's left ambiguous but i'm pretty sure it's more just uh like he's like oh all these hooker body parts which we'll get into that i have lying around I'm using to turn to my uh, fiance, and now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, so he does that. He comes up with his idea. So he heads down to the wonderful suburb of Tribeca in New York, which is notoriously, at that time in the early 90s, very prostitute-heavy, apparently. Mm -hmm. So that was an actual place. Oh, yeah. like that, And those are actual prostitutes. There was a comment in a behind-the-scenes thing I was watching. I was going to say the same thing. Where you'd go out walking and use condoms and used crack pipes everywhere. So just skloosh, crack, skloosh, crack. (laughs) And so outside the bar, those are real prostitutes. Mm -hmm. And this is the director's first SAG movie. And one of the stipulations with SAG is all of the actors have to be SAG guild members. Did you know that? I was reading a little about that. Yeah, in order for them to be SAG covered or however that works, they all have to be a part of the guild. So that means strippers and prostitutes (laughs) became members of SAG so they could be in the movie. The director somehow (laughs) made this happen. And that, my children, (laughs) is why independent film is important. It exactly. Helps the working class. <laughs> so we have these wonderful SAG actresses <laughs> that he talks to and figures out how he wants to do it, which is a fucking cattle call. <laughs> yep. Uh, but he has to talk to their pimp, Zorro. Zorro. <laughs> this Freddie Mercury on steroids ass looking motherfucker who brands his working girls on the shoulder. Yes. Like a completely stable individual. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, and feeds Zorro. them crack. Yes. <laughs> but there, this all takes place in a bar named Huevos Grandes <laughs> Bar and Grill, which literally trans- <laughs> translates from Spanish into big eggs, bar and grill, or yeah. sl- street slang, big balls. <laughs> yep. Didn't realize it was also a grill. Good for them. I didn't notice it until the second time they go there. <laughs> I was like, uh, you've got to be in, because this is a fucking seedy place. Oh, horribly seedy. <laughs> and so he talks to two prostitutes and like, no, I, I need a lot of yeah. girls. Uh, I'm, I'm throwing a party for my brother who's sick. They go <laughs> talk to Zorro. Okay, set up for tomorrow night. Great. Then he looks and he's like, hey, how much for one of those uh, plastic baggies? Yeah. Buys crack off of Zorro, 
Cut to him <laughs> high and fucking crazy in his lab <laughs> as he's watching a, you know, send up of the early 90s sleazy talk shows, Morton Downey Jr., all that, where it's talking about yeah, the horrors. Motor mouth. <laughs> yeah, motor mouth. The horrors of, you know, life on the streets and all that. There's a callback, which neither of us have seen the movie, but the older lady who's advocating for. Yes the prostitutes and like show this film and like this is why our organization hooker which i can't remember what it stands for <laughs> i can't either but hooker she is a character from basket case yes yeah she is 100 percent the same character mm-hmm. so yeah it, it calls back to the director's first well technically i think his first actual movie yeah the rest of them on imdb i'm pretty sure were just shorts Makes sense. Like Son of Psycho. Did you see that? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is where we get the him freaking out and seeing Elizabeth in there. He makes this wonderful concoction. Super crack. Super crack, which is basically just gigantic rocks of rock candy. But to test it, he uses guinea pig? Yeah, it's a, it's a guinea pig. And there's weird lines of him like, Talking to the guinea pig like it's a hooker. Yeah, very sexually. Yes. <laughs> if you weren't we're a guinea, guinea pig, pig, I'd hop in there with you. <laughs> <laughs> because the man is mad. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> he, this... He's absolutely not so by now. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get some good lines. Honestly, this crack shit is killing them. This super crack will get the job done quicker (laughs) yeah so he's trying to justify the fact that he's about to kill at least one woman which the director is proud of that somebody helped come up with this idea because his thought is jeffrey needs to be a hero and if he takes out a meat cleaver and starts cutting down these working girls well nobody will like him so yeah super crack is the answer and it it is just say no to an entirely high, like super high degree. Yep. A comical. Hair, yeah. Yeah. A comical degree. Satirical. Yes. Which is funny because I know that you were still pretty young in that era and dare was still a thing. But when I was a kid, I'm not even joking. Like at the very fucking beginning of me being in school, we're talking about like first or second grade. They're talking about that shit. Yeah, no, I I am well aware of Dare. No, not just Dare. But I mean, like it was a part don't of the. Say no. Yeah, like uh, the early to mid nineties was a huge time for the war against drugs. Still, okay. So we go into this wonderful little jaunt of the film. <laughs> That apparently was the most expensive scene in the entire movie. Like 90% of the budget went to it. But it's yeah, this cattle call with all of these women in a, a sleazy motel room. I do love the redhead and I'm really into 80s big hair. <laughs> We're going to play doctor. Dr. Jersey boy. And he's measuring all of their parts and grading them. Checks off a woman's ass, which comes up... <laughs> later he's trying to find the best parts and then he can't find just one so he's conflicted decides i can't go through with this yeah and then of course the crack whores being crack whores <laughs> i mean 
mean that's a little harsh, but that's literally that is what they are considered. I mean, yes. It, it starts with. Uh, I'm only lead. saying that because that's what they were in the script. I mean, that's fair. It starts with the lead crack corbing like, okay, but like, where's the fucking money? Yeah. So he, she, so he throws the doctor bag <laughs> yeah. at her of like, you're thinking about money right now. Like, you don't understand what I'm about to do to you. I'm, and he's like, you. It's obvious that I'm trying to. Frankenstein you guys together but you don't get it and then they find the super crack well and he wasn't even trying to Frankenstein he was just trying to find the perfect girl yeah so yeah he was trying to kill one person realized that each one had different parts that he wanted so he couldn't pick somebody <laughs> meanwhile Zorro's downstairs yeah Zorro is getting pissed because he only had a half an hour to pick a girl because they think that yeah he's just gonna fuck one of them after finding the perfect one Little do they know that they find super drugs in his bag. And then they're like, oh, shit, we're going to get lit. (laughs) So there's this wonderful scene where they're all smoking crack on the bed. (laughs) To They turn on the radio. The devil's music. The devil's music. (laughs) And do you know what that song's called? No. It's called Never Say No. So it's an entire Just Say No campaign because the the crack whores that are about to die aren't saying no. Real quick, let me look up who produced this again. Nancy Reagan? (laughs) (laughs) How many times can we mention the Reagans in this fucking podcast? (laughs) I will always find reasons to bring up those people. Oh, my God. Some people might have been sad when they died. I'm just glad more gender-neutral bathrooms were installed in the world. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, yeah, once they start smoking super drugs, also saying, it's super drugs, even (laughs) without him saying that. (laughs) I mean, if you look at the size of those crack rocks, it's obviously super crack. Which is funny because I'm not a connoisseur, but... Crack is just cocaine with, like, baking soda in it. Yeah. Crack is just poor person cocaine, which is why it's more illegal than cocaine. It's just not more refined. Mm -hmm. Like, it goes through a different process, but it doesn't turn into crystals. It's just you can still break down crack into cocaine. I'm just (laughs) stopping myself from going on a tangent about the CIA (laughs) and crack cocaine. Yeah. So... I know exactly where you're going to go with that. We're not going to talk about it. I know. My Just point do is, your research, people. Uh, this looked like meth. Like, it is 100%. The production crew didn't know what crack looked like. <laughs> so but they had hookers to go ask. <laughs> and maybe they did. I don't know. But as soon as he held up the bag, I'm like, oh, my God, that looks like blue sky, but without being blue. Do you know what that is? Yes. Okay. I have seen Breaking Bad. (laughs) Occasionally, I do have regular person culture. We don't talk about that on this podcast. No. But we do talk about rock candy in a jar. Yeah. So. (laughs) Used to kill guinea pigs and a bunch of mannequins. Yeah. (laughs) So they're listening to devil's music. They're smoking super crack. And then all of a sudden, redhead. I'm kind of feeling hot. (laughs) And then, boom, turns into a mannequin, fucking explodes. 
and it starts a whole chain reaction where all seven of the um, the hookers explode in different ways. All mannequins. All mannequins. All mannequins stuffed with some fireworks. Yes. And I loved the one leg yes, that had the, the camera point attached of it. The, <laughs> and it slammed into the music and lamp in the, on the table. The We're trying to be Sam Raimi here. Yes, 100%. I wouldn't be surprised if they strapped the camera to a 2 by 4 and had it strapped to somebody's And had arm. a mannequin's leg, yeah. Yeah. My favorite shot is Kazoro, or Zaro, oh, yeah. whatever his name is. It's Zoro. Hearing, Yeah, yeah. For some reason, they, the way they pronounced it. But he starts hearing, because he's getting anxious. Where's his bitches at? Goes up. <laughs> he starts to, like, knock on the door. You know, I'm going to get it. I'm going to do this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Opens the door. Meanwhile, all the hookers, save for the lead hooker, who has pulled out a switchblade. Oh, Jeffrey, yeah. <laughs> she's about to stab him, because obviously this dude tried to keep has killed all her friends. Yeah. She blows up, arm goes wild, but the best shot is <laughs> Zoro finally gets the door open and you just see the explosion and her dummy head flying <laughs> towards him. And this is Zoro's main bitch. Like, And uh, the note that I, I wrote down for that is head defense. Because <laughs> yeah. it completely knocks this brick shithouse out. Yep. <laughs> so our wonderful lead character can... Uh, like get all of the body parts together. Don't worry, I'm gonna I'm gonna fix you guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix, fix you, ladies. Yeah, and then he just throws them down the stairs. <laughs> I mean, at that point, parts is parts. Yeah, and then the best part of the movie, he takes them home and makes Frankenhooker. <laughs> yes, I'm not gonna lie. The middle of this movie, I feel, drags a bit. It there does. Are good ideas, good moments. But it just becomes a mush of sleaze and can something yeah. happen? There, It has pacing issues. Mm -hmm. There's far too much buildup. But then, <laughs> boom, the lightning strikes, down comes poor Elizabeth. Yeah. For some reason, now purple. And standing. Did yep. you notice that? Yep. She was laid on the thing, sitting down, strapped standing. in. Yeah. <laughs> Stands up, still covered by the thing, pulls it off. She's wearing, you know, purple hooker garb. Yes. Her blonde hair, purple, purple. now. <laughs> Her face, white, where the sutures are, like, stark fucking white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she had, like, clown makeup, face white, and white hands. <laughs> like she had gloves on. And what should be this great romantic moment. Oh, Elizabeth, you're back. <laughs> Want a date? <laughs> Got money? Well, no, I don't have money. Knocks the motherfucker out <laughs> yeah. and goes like to he's do... a sack of potatoes. Uh huh. <laughs> and heads back from New Jersey to Tribeca to start working the streets. This is actually my favorite part. Same. Mostly because it's a great thought that all of the um, hooker parts are driving her thought process, and she's literally only saying. Like the last things that they ever said. Uh huh. Want a date? <laughs> got money? Yeah. You got thirty minutes left. Zoro said you have to find the girl, and just she keeps repeating these things. Yeah. A bunch of people in Times Square are like, "Fuck no, get away." Yeah. Because again, 
This was 89 when it was filmed, 90 when it was released, before Times Square became sanitized. Yes. Uh, as John Mulaney would say, before they took the porno theaters out of Times Square. <laughs> I'm never going to New York. Doesn't matter to me, but porno theaters in New York. Uh, so speaking of all the, the Times Square stuff, one of my favorite improv scenes was uh yeah after frankenhooker goes through and is screaming at people finds a small bald man who she takes (laughs) the pervert yeah (laughs) what is his name i don't think they give him a name no not that guy the the main character uh jeffrey jeffrey Jeffrey. franken yes jeffrey played um, by james lawrence is looking for her and runs into this guy wearing a Batman shirt <laughs> yeah, and a denim jacket who's speaking Norwegian and improv In... Yep. <laughs> the Jeffrey is like, are you a fucking Swede or is a Swede talking to me? In Times Square, <laughs> mm-hmm. which that's a funny joke now because that was before Times Square was an actual like tourist, tourist de- destination. It was just a like big part of New York. It it became a tourist destination in the mid nineties, I think, mm-hmm. or something like that. The Disneyfication. Yeah, so it was a fucking shithole. <laughs> And so the fact that there's this random Norwegian guy talking to him. <laughs> you Swedish to me? You fucking Swede? Yeah. And the most racist thing you could fucking do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he goes on this thing, finds some Asian tourists, which is another terrible racist stereotype. No, he doesn't find the Asian tourists. Oh, she did? She does. Because I just have it written in my notes. Yeah. You know, as she's going around, want a date, looking for action, (laughs) pushing people, and they're like, no. All of a sudden, flash, flash, three Japanese businessmen taking cameras of her in front of a Fuji sign, I noticed. Oh, God. Pushes through them, finds little pervert man, takes him to, I want to say it's like the Sultan Arms or something hotel. Yeah, I missed that part. I was trying to I think it's also a reference to back basket cases probably i've been here before oh i've been here before he's he's super excited (laughs) to have sex with this prostitute as he does you know it's getting good it's like ah it's getting hot you see lightning kind of (laughs) go in his mouth in effect they keep using lightning zapping through the mouth through the teeth head blows up or blows off the body that was great says the severed head before he dies (laughs) <laughs> Frankenhooker leaves the room, walks down the hall. Some other New York sleaze bag. Hey, baby, hear about the Mets? She doesn't answer. Yeah, I've never been a sports fan, organized sports fan <laughs> yeah. myself. I'm more of a one v one kind of person. Oh I prefer God. a certain kind of indoor sport. Kisses her, gets zapped. Yes, At literally everybody who has any sort of connection with her dies yeah unless they get pushed away for not having money yes i mean sorry sexual way yeah she fucks them to death as i put in my notes (laughs) how i wrote that down is she has the pussy power yeah there you go basically yeah same the thing i find funny is the effect that they use during that time had to be hand drawn yes that's an expensive 
effect, visual and effect. they keep doing That it. they keep doing because they have to do it on each, each one. <laughs> yeah. So it's hand-drawn on each one. Yeah. There's bald pervert. There's sleazebag sports dude. Yeah. Later, when she goes into the bar that has Zorro, coincidentally, the guy who was talking to Zorro, and <laughs> quit talking about your exploding bitches. <laughs> yeah. I think goes down on her in the middle of the bar. Yeah. And you just see his legs fucking start being a Tesla coil. People freak the fuck out. Her head gets kind of knocked off. Yeah. People flee. Meanwhile, Jeffrey is still looking for her. Uh-huh. Runs into your classic crazy street preacher going on about the whore of Babylon clad in purple and scarlet. Have you seen her? Yes, she's in the bar. And then when he eventually leaves the bar with Elizabeth, it's, you know, the guy, I told you, I told you. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Thank you. But, and so Elizabeth's head is knocked back, just zapping. Yeah, arcing. Zorro gets knocked out, but he notices, hey. That's my bitch's arm. And those are my bitch's parts. (laughs) And you're saying things that my bitches said. How dare you? Yeah, it becomes a whole fucking thing there. Jeffrey takes her back to the lab. Yes. Puts her back on the slab. (laughs) The only thing I have to say about this that I forgot to mention earlier, but I just thought about it. So... If night like a good chunk of the budget went towards all the pyrotech- pyrotechnics for the hooker explosion scene, the director mentioned, how the fuck am I going to do the lab scene? <laughs> <laughs> you know how he figured it out? How? So for the rest of the movie after that, he had an unlicensed pyrotechnician come in who said, yeah, it might be safe. <laughs> So I'm honestly shocked that nobody fucking died. (laughs) Independent film. It is full of goods. Hey, we're giving these working girls sag carts and bads. Hey, this dipshit has some uh, fireworks. Let's hope he doesn't blow you up. Over a million dollars to make that explosion scene. That blows my fucking mind. It had to have been. It also blew their minds. Exactly. So we've reached our climax. Yes. First, the linchpin scene. Yeah. <laughs> so to fix her head, we get very Frankenstein effects of Jeffrey. There are big metal bolts in her neck, pins holding it together, and, and then, then the, the two Frankenstein bolts. Yeah, the electrodes. <laughs> he zaps her again like, oh, I hope this works. Turns, goes, leans on the freezer, you know, mumbles some stuff like, Elizabeth, you're not a hooker. You're not a hooker. Yeah, I know. Why would you say such a thing? Yeah, after she comes back, she's Elizabeth again. Yeah, it just took (laughs) a second round of lightning. At first, like, they start to reconnect and explains, yeah, sorry, you died. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. And she takes takes it in stride. And then, like, you brought me back. This is wonderful. Like, you need to share this with the world. Well, it would only work on women. Still, that's a lot. And then she looks down and notices, that's not my hand. Those aren't my legs. Yeah. These aren't my breasts. With purple nipples. Yes. I think we forgot to mention that. She has purple nipples. Apparently, a footage that was cut was purple pubic hair. Purple bush. (laughs) Apparently, that was too much. Yeah. Hashtag purple bush. (laughs) What's really funny about that is, did you know that in order to get an actual rating for this, 
they had to have cut out or they had to cut out one of the explosions. Yes, you mentioned that. That it's the most random fucking thing, especially since they're ridiculous. They'd rather it be un unrated, which I'm pretty sure that's the version that we watched. Mm-hmm. Versus getting an X rating. Yeah. Well, at the time, NC-17, because it came out the same year. No, they still had X. Mm. That's still an actual thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they, yeah, it's over NC-17. They actually got an X rating. That's what it said in the the thing with the MPAA. Apparently, they just fucking hated the movie. (laughs) S for sex? No. No. Um, But so we get our climax. Yep. She starts to freak out like, the fuck? Like, what did you do with me? And this, I think, is one of those seeds that could make this movie great. Yeah. If you cut out a lot of the hooker hunting and stuff and focus, like, an actual good movie of, cool, I Frankensteined you together. You're alive again. Isn't that great? The fuck did you do with me? Exactly. Like, you legitimately went out and... Because during the Italian dinner scene, and he's <laughs> yeah. talking about his plan. He's holding up pieces of construction paper with porno spread over it oh, with yeah. her head taped above the bodies. <laughs> and like, what well, do you can do this? I can make you the centerfold goddess. Which is funny. I'm kind of wondering if that was her actual spread. I didn't think about it. It might be. But since she was in Penthouse, I'm wondering yeah. if that was actually her. I'm going to laugh if it was. We'll have to look that up. I Yeah. But, yeah, so this goes on. Meanwhile, Zorro is sneaking in. Yeah. Because so. he followed Jeffrey, <laughs> and he finds Jeffrey's well-placed just sitting there machete. Yeah, you know, your surgical machete. <laughs> yeah. As Jeffrey is trying to, like, hey, it's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll figure this out. And Elizabeth's, like, not having it. No. Zoro just comes in, machetes motherfucker's head off. Yeah, just nonchalantly fucking lops the guy's head off. And then I think she kisses him or something like that. Zoro. No, she doesn't kiss Zoro. I thought, didn't she? Oh, I forgot. No, that's what this next note's for. I forgot. My actual favorite scene. Mm -hmm. During the lightning storm, the freezer that's full of the blood serum. And hooker parts. And hooker. It is full of hooker parts. Yeah, because he had spares. Yeah. It gets electrocuted. And out come these wonderful prosthetics yeah. Because Zoro, like, must have incited them somehow. Yeah, he says something about, like, cool, well, those are my bitch's parts. You're my bitch now. You, yeah. uh, Elizabeth. Which, in turn, the hooker parts break out of the freezer. Knock it on its side. Knock it on its side. And these wonderful, like, David Cronenberg-style <laughs> fucking creatures. There's, uh... <laughs> tits and... Yeah, and tits, tits where, and then where the vagina would be yeah. is someone's mouth and chin. <laughs> There's weird hand monsters... Yeah. Feet. The head that flew at Zoro earlier is the head of one of these things and gives him a kiss as they drag him into the freezer to kill him. And then hand comes out, grabs the discarded crack baggie that fell out. Exactly. Because, you know, they still love crack. (laughs) Uh huh. And Elizabeth gets an idea. She does. The only way that she can save him. Yeah. Luckily for her, 
Jeffrey took copious notes. Yes. And you're like, well, Jeffrey's body's there. She could use that. There's also, and I remember the first time I watched this, there's also, you know, a buff, nice body there, and he turned me into a sex toy. I could maybe turn him into mine. Yeah. But here's the rub. <laughs> it's estrogen-based. Exactly. So it can only be a woman. Mm-hmm. So... Get this wonderful effect <laughs> of Jeffrey's head, the actor sitting on it, you know, head poking through a board with yeah. a prosthetic puppet body, banging tits, very <laughs> feminine, long clawed nails, yeah. and him freaking out. And all the while, you get, this would work wonderfully as like a Tales from the Crypt. That's actually what it feels like. Yeah. Which like, is funny because that was actually at this time too. Yeah. And most of the movie doesn't feel that way. Yeah. It is this end of, you did this to me. Well, hey, guess what? Yep. You're going to be this now. Yeah, it was And also of... purple nipples again. Yeah. Because, you know, the serum is purple. Oh, that? Yeah. That, that's why. Then why wasn't her hair purple when he took her head out? Why was it lightning? Exactly. Purple. It's silly. Nipple people eater. The, the whole fucking thing is silly. But that's what I was going to say. It's that misguided, fucked up moral at the end of the story where it's like, well, if you're going to kill somebody, you're going to get yourself uh, killed. And then, you know, Frankenstein back together. Yep. So that was the whole film. Yeah. Overall. Wonderful. <laughs> and it's got some working parts. It does. <laughs> God damn it. So what I feel like we need to do is maybe go into a game, have a quick game at the end here. I feel like that's a good idea. Yeah. Hello. Do you want to play a game? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my favorite portion of this show. The die is cast. Yeah. The game where I get to roll a d20 and I get to ask the refuse royalty many questions about the film that we have just spent the last hour talking about to get their very candid and ridiculous answers. <laughs> Jester of Junk, we begin with Woo. you. Four. Question number four. The Chris Farley Award. Give me the best physical comedy moment in this film, Frankenhooker. Honestly, I have to say, like, actual acting physical comedy is Elizabeth in general. Just as Frankenhooker, she's in these huge platform shoes, just like Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. But the faces that she's making and all of, like, the weird jerky movements, ugh, the best. Yeah. She is, not to hop on this, but yeah, she's the best part of this movie. Really? 100% she is. So that was my favorite. Excellent. Trash Queen, it is your turn. Mm. Meanwhile, rewrite a moment from Frankenhooker if it were to happen in real life. Oh, God. In real life? Yes. I mean, if we're going to talk about real life... Let's go ahead and just say, uh, we'll go back to the newscast. Okay. Jeffrey wouldn't be able to Frankenstein things quickly enough because the fucking true crime date line white women with a podcast would hunt <laughs> his ass down. 
Uh, yes, Mary, you would hunt him down. Let's be honest. It's true. You're damn right I would. <laughs> Hell yeah. You totally would. Jester of Junk, it's back to you. Nine. Woo. Question number nine. Tag, you're it. <laughs> Rewrite the film's tagline. Oh, I actually did in my notes. Ah. I forgot to mention it, but I'm glad I didn't. So it was full of 50,000 volts and ready for action. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Mamma mia. I know, right? That's pretty delicious. Yeah, so that that's what that was. Trash Queen, we are back to you again. Number eight, WTF. Give me the biggest what the fuck moment you had during Frankenhooker. You know, I'm going to say biggest what the fuck is just how, well, I guess it's less of a what the fuck when you remember they all live in Jersey, but (laughs) how well everybody seems to take the fucking mad scientist and his brain in a jar and the fact that the deep freezer is full of hooker. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I wonder if his mom ever tried to get something from the freezer and went, what the fuck? I mean, maybe he put a no girls allowed sign on the door. Uh, and would she probably, would respect it. She would. <laughs> she would. <laughs> Jester of Junk, the last question, the last round begins Ooh. with you. Number three, RIP, give me the best on-screen death in Frankenhooker. It's not a lot. No, my favorite death was the guy under the table. Mm. Because not only is the whole scene fucking ridiculous, but the fact that at this point, I don't know if they shot it sequentially or if it was like non-sequential like normal films, mm-hmm. but if it was, you know that that explosion was not safe. <laughs> no! You're right. And there are a lot of people in that scene. So, so OSHA should be uh, not very happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is a pro-OSHA podcast. <laughs> An anti-cop, anti-Reagan, pro-OSHA, pro-sex work podcast. Yeah. The safety. official stance of Wandering Unicorn Productions. It is. And I. the only reason I don't say sex, sex worker... It's because in this movie, they're hookers? Exactly. This is a fictional piece that it's meant to be offensive. Like, that. that's just what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, I just want to go on the record and say they are sex workers. We believe in them. Thank you for mentioning that, Faye. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Trash Queen, we end the game with your final question. Hashtag war. Use a line from the movie or make one of your own to create a hashtag for Frankenhooker. Well, first, I have to throw it back to our wonderful Mary, who came up with the wonderful image in my mind of George H.W. Bush, painted purple, hashtag purple Bush, (laughs) hashtag supercrack, hashtag glass diet, hashtag glass diet. So we had one that I wrote down in my notes, and I just want to throw this in really quick. It was hashtag, oh my God, bunions. <laughs> oh, yes. Because yes. when he's going through the legs, he he's choosing one, and he throws one away because it has bunions. <laughs> uh-huh. After trying to file them down. Yes. Also, hashtag 
pretzels good. Ah, I was going to say that too. I'm glad that you mentioned it. Best line in the movie. Yes. <laughs> Refuse royalty. I do believe it's time to take Frankenhooker to Judgment Day. That gives me chills, Mary. Ooh. Gotta love Transformers. (laughs) The Terminator. (laughs) I love it so much I can't even say it. Yep. I'll go first. So I definitely want to put this in the junk drawer. I loved this movie. It's ridiculous. It's offensive. It's everything you can expect from a trauma movie. And it's exploitation. You can't get any better than that. So mine's junk drawer. I respect that. Parts is parts. Yeah. There is a lot of good in this movie. There is. There's a lot of great potential. Good performances. Some decent makeup. A fun idea. But much like Saturday Night Live sketches, it goes on (laughs) just a bit too long. And unfortunately, while part of me would gladly toss us into the recycle bin and reuse some stuff in the spirit of the movie. Yeah. I think if not the recycle bin, it's got to go into the garbage fire, the fire pyre. Hey, we don't have to agree on all of them. And I actually appreciate that. That's a very, very nice answer. Oh, I mean, we haven't agreed on a lot of things, Ty. (laughs) I meant for this. Fair enough. (laughs) So you've heard it here. Unfortunately, for the refuse royalty, when it comes to Judgment Day for Frank and Hooker, we are in a stalemate. Oh, that makes me sad. It does. But that's okay. You know what? It was fun. It I, was. I would say, even if you don't want to watch it again, trying not to speak for you, but I, I would say probably you'd... I don't know. You still had fun. I had fun. Again, there is a lot of good things. I will say, watch the trailer. The cover is iconic. There's fun to be had. It just needs a good trim. It could have used with a little bit of fluff cutting. Mm -hmm. But I have a feeling they probably didn't because it wouldn't have been long enough to be considered like a feature release. So they had to keep some of it in. That's the final word. Do you have anything else you want to say about this? I do not. Okay. We're at a stalemate. And you know what? That's okay. So, wonderful trash queen, what are we watching next week? Oh, I think we've had our fill of American. And for now, we'll eventually get into some Italian cuisine. You're fucking right. I'm kind of feeling, let's go with a little uh, Turkish flavor. (laughs) What in particular? Galaxy. Far, far away. Yeah. And by galaxy, I mean the 70s. (laughs) We are going to watch the great Turkish Star Wars. But it has an actual name. It does. It's the man who saved the world. Yes. (laughs) But Turkish Star Wars is a lot more fun. Well, that's literally what it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, that's what we're watching next time. Same bat podcast, same Frankenhooker channel.
You've heard it here, folks. Next time on Purveyors of Fine Filth, we will be watching Turkish Star Wars. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. If you have a movie you'd like the Refuse Royalty to rate and review, please email us at wanderingunicornproductions at gmail.com. Please follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Wandering Unicorn Productions. Thank you for listening, everyone. This has been a Wandering Unicorn production. Skip the glass diet and remember, pretzel's good. Pretzel's good. <laughs>